What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Mets Legends podcast. I am Michael Jennings, starring as Michael Jennings this time, joined as always by Rob Pearsall, uh, portrayed by Jeff Conine. And how are we doing on this uh, Friday morning, Jeff? Doing good. Just finished up my long, strenuous career as a Florida Marlin. <laughs> had a had a, a nice little stop in Queens um, before before calling it quits on a on a illustrious, legendary career. Um, and now my son Griffin is also on the Florida Marlins, aka the Miami Marlins. So I'm doing good. 2007. What a time to be alive. Great to hear, Jeff. <laughs> We're going to be talking about that 2017 um, and how, you know, basically that's what happened this year. We got 2007 and um, we've been duped again. We have been Schmeckeldorfed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess um, this is the episode where we're officially declaring the Mets dead, even though I, I feel like we got to give them another week, see what they yeah. do. Like, the nationals and the marlins but like dear lord i mean it is there's a leak there's a sick part of like every mets fan that like believes beyond all reason that they're gonna come back like yeah so in my mind i'm like oh yeah like they're playing the marlins and the, and the nationals for 15 games like they could come back they could be come back and be right in this um you know, they rattle they, off like a 15 game winning streak. Well, that's what they're basically going to have to do. Even if they win 10 of those 15 games, they're still probably two to three games out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's going to be a tall task with this team who seems to lose in the most creative ways possible and the most <laughs> frustrating ways possible. It's uh, like Luis Castillo from 2007. Yep. Yep. I forgot he was on the 07 team. They got him like midway through the season for mm-hmm. uh, they traded that catcher, Drew Butera, who like ended up having like a pretty long career as a backup. Is he but is he still in the league? I think so. If I not, he like is. he just retired. Like he if like he either like just retired or he's still kicking. Like he's he's been around. Uh, yeah, he's played. I mean, he's played 30 or 12 games this year with 36 plate appearances. How uh, old is that dude? Like thirty-eight? He's, he's thirty-seven. Yeah, you're pretty oh close. My God, <laughs> they must yeah. have traded him when he was like, he was a young kid, like twenty-two or twenty-three. They traded him, I guess. Yeah, and that I mean that trade was um, with the Twins when Castillo was with the uh, with was with Minnesota, and Butera eventually made his debut and played a few seasons with Minnesota as like a backup catcher. So, I mean, it, it seems like he's kind of having like a Jeff Francis esque career he hasn't he's really never hit for much his career average is 196 um which i think is right in that area he's a light hitting catcher someone who is a journeyman type guy i always remember him more from when he was a dodger i feel like that's like the that's kind of like where where i remember him most from um yeah 13 and 14 he played for the dodgers yes that makes sense that's more a little bit more recent yeah. Um, where else has he been though? He was in Minnesota for a couple of years. He was, was was he with the Rockies at one point? He was. Oh, dude, he was on the 2015 Royals. Oh, that's right. He played, that's he right. Five games for them. 
That's right. He got a World Series ring. Yeah, that bastard. Wow. <laughs> Fuck you, Drew Butera, m- motherfucker. <laughs> God, nah, I just... gotta flag another podcast as explicit. <laughs> Damn it. Damn you, Drew Butera. This is your <laughs> fault. <laughs> so, yeah, the Mets are really 2007. And I, I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse mm. that they did it early now. I think it's like... worse. Yeah. I think so in 2007, like ultimately it kind of came down to the wire, right? Like last day or last week of, of games sort of Mm -hmm. collapse. And like, I think, I think having this sort of drop off come at like right after the all-star break is way more brutal because the sickness in us is that we're like always going to be like, Oh, well, anything can happen but at this point (laughs) at this point what the Mets are like eight and a half out honestly I haven't even I haven't even dared looking at the standings I just know (laughs) that it's seven or eight games I actually watched the game last night for the first time in a long time um like I had just been like following the games from afar like just like keeping up with the standings and not watching it because they just like it hurts my soul (laughs) <laughs> um, but I was at, I was at work last night and I had it on and, uh, uh-huh. you know, they just, again, squandered a golden opportunity. Like these are winnable games and that's what makes it so frustrating. You know, like Carrasco actually had a really good outing. You know I mean? He looked like he was going to fall apart at the seams early. Mm-hmm. He let up that early home run to Bryant. And then he ended up giving the team seven strong innings of two run ball. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, when we were in the in this hell stretch of you know the Giants and the um, and the Dodgers, you know, <laughs> it seems a little silly to say like, well, they only got blown out twice, but they did only get blown out twice, and every mm-hmm. other game was either like a one, two, or three run game. Yeah, um, it's like know. they were playing these close games. Yeah, yeah, and like there are no moral victories in August. Like I, you know, you can say, oh, well, they played good baseball. They hung in there. But no, they really didn't play mm-hmm. good baseball really at all. Um, no. Like, even though these games are like four to three, you know, three, two, all of these basically have come on Pete Alonzo home runs and then maybe scratching across one other run. Like, <laughs> yeah, Pete Alonzo is literally carrying this team to one run loss after one run loss. Without him in the lineup, they're all blowouts. Yeah, it's true. Um like Nimmo has been setting the table and like Alonzo has been hitting home runs and mm-hmm. that's like the extent of their offense. Um, we're like yeah. on the off chance they do like string together a few hits. Like someone comes to the plate with runners in scoring position or the base is loaded. And like, you already know it's going to be an automatic out. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, we were a little young and like wide eyed in 2007 um, that's true we're we hadn't been completely ruined yet and um that was really a tough year i was at the last game of the season in 2007 uh, when tom when tom glavin blew it um tom glavin man he i don't know how to feel about him as a mets fan because i know he hates the mets like <laughs> <laughs> he was i good feel like he times. just i feel like he just i don't know if he hated the mets i feel like he just like liked being a brave more like he yeah, just like that yeah. was like where his heart and soul was well, but I also guess, 
I guess that's what I mean. Like, yeah, he's yeah, it's weird. You know, I don't know. He's like, how can you love the Braves and play for the Mets? You know what I mean? That exactly, especially as a kid, like in Mm -hmm. 2007, I was like, man, screw this guy. I mean, that would be like the Mets now signing like Aaron Nola. Yeah. And then like him coming to the Mets, pitching pretty good, and then like having a big game, having him blow it, being like, yeah, that that sucked, but whatever. And then like, (laughs) and then re signing with the Phillies again, you know, and you're like, well, well, shit. All right. Like, yeah. (laughs) Um, like that must have been like imagine Twitter back then like being a thing like people would have oh dude free, flipped out I think there would have um, been would've... a riot at City Field like, I think <laughs> Twitter would have melted down yeah. or I guess it would have been Chase Stadium sorry excuse Chase me Sta- yeah. Chase Stadium would have would have yeah it would have been bad uh, <laughs> Mets Twitter would have that would have been the day that Frank Fleming's head exploded <laughs> <laughs> fucking Tom Frank... Glavin. <laughs> 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 yeah oh man so but that i mean yeah. that season they had a really good offense and their pitching really just let them down particularly the starting pitching like uh if you look at just the war numbers um you had david wright at 8.3 good lord 8.3 war that year yeah wow that's insane carlos beltran at 5.4 and jose reyes at 5.1 um, Those three guys all had a better year than any of the players that the Mets currently have on their team. Like, if the Mets had one oh, of yeah. those guys, like, their offense would be better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, like – and when you kind of zoom out on the 2021 season, anybody who possibly could have had that kind of contribution missed at least three weeks of the season. Like even Pete Alonso, for as good of a, as solid of a season as he's having, so I wouldn't say it's a great season, but solid. Like for his, yeah, standards. he's not he's not having like his rookie year over again, but he's no, having but a good enough season. He, he could he'll still probably end up with like thirty five ish home runs. I'm gonna guess by the end of the season he'll end up with like thirty eight. You know, yeah, like, which is amazing, which is, which you is know? really good. Yeah, um, but but by the standard that I think P. Alonso is expected to produce, I think that's just like a that's just like a good season. It's not like he's not setting the world ablaze, and that's the best the Mets have to offer right now. And yeah. you know, the only one who's remotely close, I would say, is Brandon Nimmo in terms of production. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, and even Nimmo, he's whatever. not really hitting. <laughs> Nimmo's not really, he's not really hitting for like he's not. Like the thing that made Brandon Nemo so good in 2018 is like kind of the year that he busted out. Mm-hmm. He had a really strong launch angle. Uh, he was he was hitting home yeah. runs. Um, he was hitting doubles. He, I don't know. He he. I mean, he had a really good year. He was he was like a 4.5 wins above replacement player that year uh, in 2018. Um, now it's like he he gets on base but he's not really hitting for power. He's not elevating the ball. Mm-hmm. I just think that like, this is just such a freak occurrence. Cause like these guys don't suck. Like, yeah. and like, that's going to sound weird to say, cause they have sucked all year. But like, <laughs> I think that if, I think that if you simulated this, like this season with these players a hundred yeah. times, this is one of the worst outcomes you'd get. 
Mm -hmm. And I think it's just this contagious thing that like has like built up day after day after day for the whole season. And now it's just like, yeah, every little thing is magnified and it's probably impossible for these guys to get out of this funk, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, especially since they're all collectively struggling so bad. Um, But I don't, I don't know. Talking about 2007, it's just like, I don't know what's worse. Like from a, from like a, from like a viewer standpoint, like, is it the fact that like, you got a good offense, but your pitching blows it or like, mm-hmm. or like your pitching gives you a good performance, but your offense gets this close and can't like, they're both different types of evil. Like, you know, like they're both yeah. like, they're both like different, different heads of the same seven headed dragon. You know, I would say they're even just like just two sides of the same coin, like two heartbreaking years for two completely different reasons. The pitching has been great this season. And in 2007, it was God awful. And yep. like, it's, I mean, I remember watching in 2007, like Jose Reyes broke like the franchise record for stolen bases. And like, you know, behind him was Wright and Beltran basically always driving him in. It felt like, and that just doesn't happen on this team like Brandon Nimmo will hit a double or like walk and, you know, advance on a ground ball or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the inning. And it's, it's the same thing over and over again. Like at least yeah, it, if I was a starting pitcher on this team, like, Oh, I would be so frustrated. I don't know how Marcus Stroman, Taiwan Walker and Tyler McGill right now aren't just like, well, Tyler McGill kind of can't. He's a rookie, but like, mm-hmm. how has no one just like blown up at this point? Just be like, for once, one time, one time, give me the lead. <laughs> Think about how J- this is like what Jacob Degrom has experienced his entire career, yeah. like mushed into like every single day for one season. Still but- leading the team in war, by the way. No, is he really? <laughs> yeah. That's pathetic because he's <laughs> I mean, been what, he's been out since when? He's been out since what? Early July, right? No, early June? late June. Yeah, he's been out for the whole summer pretty much. Can you imagine though if he had a full season and he pitched the way he did, he would have like over ten wins above replacement probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was just having such a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that 2017 was really frustrating. Um. Cause it's just like, it didn't stop. It was like 2006 NLCS game seven loss right. into 2007 <laughs> collapse yeah. into 2008 collapse into Shea stadium being demolished on like a sour note mm. into the injury plagued season of 2009. Uh, all of which is going on around a Ponzi scheme and like echo an economic collapse yep. into into 2010 where like you realize that like your your 2016 like isn't like the core of your team going forward and then mm-hmm. into a rebuild it's just like it never stopped <laughs> so like yeah and then i was like was damn brutal. 2015 there's some fun for you yeah <laughs> i was really hoping that like 2021 would be like a repeat of like that because yeah you know you had 2000 the Mets were in the world series and then 06 they had that great year so like I was really hoping that like 15 and then like 2021, it's like six years later, you have like that again. Yeah. Um, 
And like, there's no reason to believe that this team can't be retooled and reloaded for the next, for next season and then have things actually fall their way for once to where Mm -hmm. everyone doesn't get banged up so much. Like, I think that's really been uh, to me, this season is just chalk it up to injuries and there's not really anything else you can say about it because like, I really do think all of these players are talented for as much as I malign, like people like Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto, Dom Smith for like not producing. Those are incredibly talented baseball players. And like for under slightly different circumstances that I think they would be producing. And I don't think it can be, I I, I guess, I don't know how big of a factor this is, but like changing hitting coaches in the middle of the season, rather than just like, if, if the Mets front office knew they were going to get rid of Chili Davis, why did he start the season in the dugout? I think that's the biggest thing this season that like people don't really think about where it's like, Chili Davis probably shouldn't have started this season with the team. Um, like what you said, like if they were gonna if they were gonna fire him, whatever a month into the season, and replace him with an unproven commodity, mm-hmm. like why wouldn't you just fire him early and like look for a hitting coach that fire is, him in December? Yeah. <laughs> Like, and bring it and bring in a hitting coach that like you chose instead of someone that was left over from the previous regime. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's been like as big of a thing for the Mets offense as anything is like you had Chili Davis who kind of had this old school approach that yep. didn't really work with the Cubs when he was with them and didn't really work with the Red Sox, you know, where you had players kind of after the fact being like, yeah, like I didn't really agree with that philosophy. The numbers weren't really there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then last year he was coaching remotely, you know, and it was a 60 True. game season. So it was a little yeah. different, yeah. you know, and then I know the guys liked him a lot. You know, you, ha- you know, you remember, I remember Pete Alonso like crying at his locker when Chili Davis got fired and like, yeah, you know, that's all good. And, and, and like wholesome and, and, and sad. And like, you know, I'm glad they had a positive relationship, but like, it was all handled very poorly. Um, yeah. Like I didn't really like Chili Davis from the beginning, but Hugh Quattlebaum was like not really supposed to be a major league hitting coach. And mm-hmm. I think he probably has a very different philosophy than Chili Davis. And it's probably confusing to these guys of like, well, we've been doing it this way. Yeah. You're saying to do it this way. It's too like much like where like guys are have guys have lost like what makes them good baseball players to begin right. with, you know? Right. Um like and they're I, just I, overthinking it too much. Well, totally. I mean, when you're taking the, the kind of pitches that these hitters are taking. And this is the thing that I think is driving me the most crazy about the offense is like these guys will just let meatballs right down the middle, just, and they'll watch them go by. And then you're behind in the count and you're just, you're just constant. This team is constantly working from behind, whether it's on the scoreboard or in the batter's box. And mm-hmm. like when you're, when that's, when that's like the approach, like, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of games because mm-hmm. you're, you're just – when you're constantly behind like that, it's just how do you – like, how do you break out of that and then to go and then take the lead? It just – I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. 
I think 2007 and 2021 are equally frustrating years and also just like different layers of hell yep. <laughs> for like yep. the, being a Mets fan. Um, <laughs> like 2007, I feel like in our lifetime is kind of the season that's like pointed at as like the worst. This is the how worst. bad it can get. Yeah. Um, this year, like, I don't know, like maybe it's not as dramatic because it's like, it's not happening on like the eve of the season ending, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, this team was in first place for like 90-something days straight, right. you know? And right. they lost 11 games in the standings in 21 days. Um, like, that's pretty bad. Uh, they had this yeah. they had this division gift-wrapped to them pretty much, you know? And then, like, they started yeah. losing. They, they lost those two series to the Pirates. Um, or did they split one? One was no. a split, and then they, they, lo- they lost – Four think, out of seven, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they lost both. I think they lost three. I think they lost three in Pittsburgh, right? And they then lost two out three of three in Pittsburgh and two out of three at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they. No, wait. I think it was one was a four game series. They lost. I think they split and then they lost the series. I think because they lost. They split they lost going th- into the All Star break. Yeah. 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 And then they they then they lost two out of three in Pittsburgh, but it's mm-hmm. like th- that series and then like the Marlins series where they lost three out of four getting swept by the Phillies. Like mm-hmm. those were all series that like define the season, you know, like mm-hmm. not even like the West coast road trip, like those series, no, like the like, damage is already done before yeah. that West coast trip. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. They're both frustrating and like heartbreaking for, for different reasons. Yeah. Um, Rage inducing is the word that I would use. <laughs> I'm just glad they did it now instead of the last the last week of the season. I think, like, I don't know. Like, at least now it's like I have like time to like forgive myself. Like, I have time <laughs> to like repent and like <laughs> hug my family and like tell oh them I God. love them. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> and 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 gear up for next season. Like, Rob I'm not getting completely... in his feelings this week. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, no, mom I love you so much. I'm never letting you go. What happened? The Mets. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. Speaking of the Mets, um, I had this like thought yesterday where I was like, because I get like, I look at like some guys that the Mets have had over the last few years that are like with other teams now, and like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, they really could feel the whole team of former Mets players that are like good. And, like, to be honest, like, I think a team would probably be better than the Mets currently with all of the cast-offs they have. So I was talking about my buddies. And so this would basically be, like, guys the Mets had traded, released, DFA'd, waived, whatever, like, mm-hmm. Rule 5, like, that have found their way to new teams. And um, we made a list of guys for, like, now, and there's enough guys that could compile a whole team. It's really crazy of like how many guys the Mets have like sent off. So That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Some of them are a, a couple of them are a stretch. I'll, I'll I'll be honest with that. Like they're guys that like the Mets had that are no longer with the team, but haven't been with the team for a long time. Mm-hmm. So like, there's some that are like a little bit of a stretch. But um, so this is what we have. So behind the plate, you have Travis Darno. All right. And at first base, you have Wilmer Flores. Oh, break my heart a little more. Why don't you? Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) At second base, you have Jed Lowry. Well, okay. 
At shortstop, you have Ahmed Rosario. At third base, you have Justin Turner. Um, in left field, you have Jake Marisnik. <laughs> in center field, you have Jared Kelnick. Yeah. In right field, you have Billy McKinney. Mm-hmm. On your bench, you have Andres Jimenez. You have Kevin Ploiecki backing things up. You have Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. I love Billy Hamilton. <laughs> and then and then the bench we didn't complete, but I'm sure there's probably a couple other Joe Schmoes that you could you could piece together there that have been Mets. Dineshwe. Um Joe Neshwe Fargus, Jake Hager. Jake Hager. There you go. There's your bench. <laughs> there you go. Then starting rotation, you have Zach Wheeler. Uh, you have Steven Matz. Okay. You have Chris Flexen, who's having a surprisingly good year. He's having a good year. He'd be a good you have, Yeah, he would. Then you have Justin Dunn. Also having like a up and down year, right? I think he was hurt for a bit. Okay. Um, you have John Gant. And then for the bullpen, you have Paul Seawald as your closer. <laughs> Fucking uh, Paul Seawald. <laughs> <laughs> You're blocked. <laughs> um, you have Michael Fulmer. Okay. Luis Sessa. He turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, like decent mid mid, mid reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, Nabil Chrismat, who is a former Mets farmhand, who's with the Padres now. Uh, Jason Shreve. He's had solid outings. <laughs> yeah, that's the Brad Brock. Brad Brock. Um, Colin McHugh. Um, and, um, Anthony K. All right. Okay. And then Joe Smith. So, hell so, yeah, dude. I love listening to Joe Smith. <laughs> that, that team. That's a that pretty darn team, team. Would beat the Mets now. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Like I would that take, team could beat the Mets. To me. I mean, so, okay. To me, that kind of sounds like if, if the Mariners, and the Cleveland baseball team just had a mashup. <laughs> like any one of those guys could end up with one of those two organizations in the next like off season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think, and I, and by that logic, if the Mets were to face either the Mariners or Cleveland right now, I think they would get, they would lose. They would get stomped. Yes, and, of course. Uh, the only change that I think I would make is that Andres Jimenez starts at second base over Jed Lowry. But other than that, it's a pretty solid team. Yeah. I mean, I think that like some of those guys are, are, you know, whatever, like, I don't know, like you have Jake Marisnik in left field. You have, but when you look at the lot, it's still a pretty deep lineup. Like, yeah. Like if I, if we were to make a lineup, I would have Rosario leading off and then wait, who did you have in center again? Jared Kelnick, who I hit third, probably. Yeah. Okay. So second, you can hit Jed Lowry. Well, I'm having Jimenez. (laughs) You're gonna bench Jed? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Fair. (laughs) So I would go one hitter, like leadoff hitter would be Ahmed Rosario, and then two is kind of like up in the air, but the middle of your lineup being Justin Turner, Travis Darno, Wilmer Flores. Like some yeah. 
and Jared combination of them. Yeah, with and Jared Kalnick. Like oh, also I forgot to mention if uh, DH Nelson Cruz. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that is a deep cut, dude. <laughs> well, it's like it's kind of weird because he was like traded like 20 years ago like so yeah like, yeah i don't think yeah. that really counts <laughs> i mean i mean it, by that logic you could include scott casimir somewhere in the pitching staff because he was yeah he played this year for the giants yeah and team usa right yeah didn't he, get, didn't he go to the olympics yep todd frazier could have been on that team too on this team too yeah <laughs> that's fine <laughs> So yeah, Dude, yeah. I'll, I mean, this is this is a solid full team of of moves that have gone on to be better. I th- I thought this was going to be a little bit more like recent moves. A lot of them are very recent moves, um, but guys like Justin Turner, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. And like, yeah, yeah, like Joe Smith, yeah, Je- Justin Smith, Turner, yeah. Nelson Cruz, Pulwecki, yeah, like, um. But I mean, you know, I mean, and if you put them, it moves, really depends. If you put the moves themselves into context, like a lot of those turn out to be really great players that the Mets have currently. Like, yeah, like Anthony K. Like you yeah. know, like like you got you know, you Anthony got K. And Michael Stroman. Yeah, you yeah. got Stroman out of that, but like Michael Fulmer, you got you know Yoenis Cespedes out of that, and like yeah. Uh, I would I, w- I would do the Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez trade any day of the week to get back uh, Lindor and Carrasco. I do think Carrasco has one more year left, right? Um, yeah, he does. I think he also has an option for a third year. Um, okay. Let me check. Which um, I I love that. I think I think he's going to be he'll He's be better get next back year. to be Carlos Carrasco next year and that's only going to help the Mets in terms of rotation depth. He's signed through next year and he has a 2023 club option. Okay. Nice. All right. So yeah, I mean, right now currently, I think this team you've assembled, this hindsight 2020 team <laughs> is is better than these current Mets. Like I think just in their current state, I think they would beat the Mets. But I think if you run the simulation in any different way, I would take the current Mets over over this team pretty much. Any yeah, week. I mean, on paper, when you have everybody healthy, yeah, like you know, this rotation, you know, being led by Zach Wheeler and Chris Flexen is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's but i'd still take degrom and stroman over zach yeah. versus like in a series versus wheeler and flex i mean ideally yeah. it'd be nice to have all of those guys still with the mets but right you know i mean degrom you know stroman i would take over flexing you know mm-hmm. and then like i don't know steven Matz and taiwan walker is like pretty like much like i'm still probably taking a walker Matz has had, a, had a i would consider good. i would consider carrasco the three though like, oh, true. Yeah, I would say I would say going into next season, if the Mets, re- which they should resign Stroman, as we've said earlier this week, if they better resign Stroman. But if if you have Degrom, Stroman, Carrasco, Walker, maybe, mm-hmm. and then figure out your five, like that's a really yeah. good rotation. Yeah, like when all those guys are healthy and like kind of at their peak, like. You know, DeGrom, Stroman, 
and, and you also have Syndergaard too. I mean, uh, like, yeah. like, I like, mean, who's I? I think he's got to. Uh, I feel like he's got to take the qualifying offer, right? To in order I don't to think he's. I don't even know if he's going to play this year. To be honest with you, like, why would like he? he might? He might. <laughs> like he might, but like it's being only a fastball changeup guy out of yeah, the bullpen. I mean, he, like that can be effective if you're hitting 101, but I, I doubt he is yet. You know? No, he. I mean, he he pitched last night for Brooklyn, and like he let up a home run to the first batter he faced. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that's it's one rehab start. He hasn't pitched in two years, so we'll see. But like. Yeah. Also, Jose Martinez got hurt last night rehabbing for Syracuse. It's like, <laughs> dude, he doesn't exist. <laughs> it's like you can't. It, it, that's like when the Mets signed um, Kelvin Escobar like yeah. ten years ago, and like mm-hmm. he just never pitched for them. Like it's yeah, the same thing, is. you know. He so he tore his meniscus, and then he's been working his way back from that, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he took a swing yesterday, and it looked like he like hurt his left shoulder. Hmm. That guy's never playing for the Nets. No. Does he did he sign a two-year contract though? No, I think it was a one-year deal. I think okay. he signed a one-year, right. but I think it was an MLB contract. It was. Yeah, new I do know yeah. that. Yeah. They expected him to be a bench guy this year. Yeah. So. I mean, he would have been a pretty decent bench guy. I mean, I think so too. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, you have some packs that you I do. have saved put to the I side. Do. Yes. Let's crack them open. All right. Yeah. Three more packs. Out of what was it thirty total? I think yeah, thirty nice. total. So. so, so Mike is cracking open Topps Heritage twenty twenty one. He mm-hmm. already hit a really sick Shohei Otani red chrome Heritage um, number to three seventy six. I think it was. It was yeah. This is or three seventy two. Three sixteen of out of three seventy two. Yeah. So and we looked it up and it's a pretty uh, pretty good pretty hit, valuable probably. card. Pretty valuable card. Anything yeah. Otani, you know, especially that can't go wrong. Um, what do you? So what do you got? What's yeah, the we first got. Pack? We have 2021 rookie all stars uh, featuring Debbie Garcia, Ian Anderson, and Christian Javier. Okay. Uh, we got a boyhood photos of the stars. I love these cards, even though they're just kind of like silly. But it's uh, Matt Olson wearing an A's uniform as a young buck. Oh, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Look at that. And then now we have Max Kepler in action. Cool. Nice card. We like Max Kepler. I like Max Kepler. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carlton records 24th win. Flashback to 1972. Kind of a lot of filler cards so far. Now we got Corbin Burns. Okay. That's a good one. Of the Woodruff and Burns uh, law group, <laughs> Joey Wendell, good, good, uh, gritty type player. Yeah, yeah, slap hitter. JD Davis, ugh. <sighs> I want to like you, but I don't. <laughs> Blast him into the sun. <laughs> Orlando Arcia. Okay, I think he's isn't he with um, Atlanta now? Yeah, he is. Uh, I think he was traded, though. Right? Yeah, it was Wasn't like earlier in the move? season. Yeah. And then Dustin May. Ginger guard. Yes. <laughs> Ginger guard. That's good do you remember stuff. When, do you remember when, like, like Noah Cindergaard, like, was made aware of that nickname, and he was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He was like, <laughs> he was like I hate that so much. I was like, yeah, it's a stupid nickname. I would hate that, too. Ginger guard. 
All right, on to the next pack. We have keep getting these Willie Mays World Series MVP award cards, just filler, whatever. Is it the same one or is it like different yeah. awards? No, it's the same one every time. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marco Gonzalez. Okay. We got Kenley Jansen. Brandon Workman. A lot of pitchers so far. Yeah. Pablo Lopez. Oh my God, dude. This might all be pitchers. Yeah, looks like it. Garrett Cole. That's a good one. Randy Dobnak. Uber driver. Uber driver. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. We got two fielders to round it out. We got Nick Ahmed. Former future Matt. Slick shortstop. Yeah, he'll play. He'll play for the Mets at some point. Yeah. Adam Angle for the last card of that pack. I don't know anything about that guy. I don't either. Uh, it's like right. almost Adam Eaton, but it's not quite Adam Eaton. I hope he's a cooler guy than Adam Eaton. <laughs> hey, man, he's got to worry about his family's mortgage it's or whatever what? that whatever what? that was. Remember that when he was like, he's, there was some stupid quote with like his family's mortgage or something like that. Let okay. me see if I can find it. I'll, I'll search while you crack open your third pack. All right, here we go. Last pack of 30. We have Reese Hoskins. I don't okay. mind Reese Hoskins. Uh, no, nah, he's, he's good. He hates Jacob Reams. Okay. Mookie Betts. <laughs> Mookie Betts in action. We have Christian Pache in action. Nice, nice little rookie card there. And a rookie card, yep. Uh, Jose Barrios. Now a Toronto Blue Jay. Yep. Paid way too much for him. Yep. Chris Sale. Nice. Then we have a 2021 uh, Phillies rookies with Alec Bohm and Spencer Howard. Who is now a Texas Ranger. Spencer Howard. Spencer Howard, that's right. Yeah, to get Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Gregory Polanco. Who got DFA'd recently, but is staying with the Pirates, I think. Interesting. Ronald Acuna Jr. Nice. Very cool. Yep. And Martin Perez. I don't even know who that is. Never heard of him. Journeyman reliever. Um, yeah. He was with Texas for a bit. Um, he's been around. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, pretty decent haul, I would say. Yeah. Got some, I mean, got some really good variants. Uh, these blue variants. I got uh, Vladdy Jr., Zach Wheeler, and Chris Sale. So, and that Otani, and that Otani card, is amazing. yeah, this is yeah, this literally is the value of what I paid for all of these. So, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, if you can make your money, and also like that Otani and that Guerrero, like both have like chance for growth too. You know, a couple years from now, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that Otani will probably be worth even more too. Yep. Yep. So get, get him an MVP and a Cy Young maybe this season. Who knows? <laughs> hey, that'd be great. So the Adam Eaton thing I was talking about is like comes back. It's like the feud from like between him and Todd Frazier. Mm. Um, and <laughs> so this is when Adam Eaton was on the nationals and Frazier was a Met, but they used to play together with the white Sox. and uh, Eaton goes, he's very childish. 
I'm walking with my head down, plays over. I'm walking away. I can still hear him. I'm a 30-year-old man with two kids, got a mortgage and everything. He wants to loud talk as he's running off the field. At the end of the day, I got to be a man about it. I tried to stay patient with the childishness, but it is what it is. Um, and, then, and then Frazier goes, that's him. Frazier told reporters in Mets clubhouse before Tuesday's game. At the end of the day, you think about what a man really is. We settle stuff out in the field. We don't really talk about it. That's basically what I do. Back in the day, that's how you would usually settle it. I didn't really want to talk about it, but I heard what he said. Frazier said his feud with Eaton dated back to something that happened during their time as teammates in Chicago, but wouldn't go into specifics. He also offered the Nationals outfielders some unsolicited financial advice. <laughs> men, men usually settle differences on the field. We don't need to talk about it, but you know he started it. Coming at me with that kind of, I'm a man, I've got a mortgage to pay and two kids. Frazier said, pay off your mortgage. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so... That was oh that. God. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Pay off your mortgage. I don't know what to tell you. That's, I mean, for as much as Todd Frazier generally annoyed me, like, I think, I do think he was pretty witty, like, especially when it came to the Adam Eaton stuff. So it was pretty funny. I mean, there was that one time where, like, he tweeted at Anthony DiComo, like, that his stats were wrong. And he was like, actually, it's this and not this, like, Anthony thanks for the coverage though, or something like that. It was like something really weird. Um, but big fan yeah, of Tim I mean, Healy, right? As most people are, I guess. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, so I, I meant that more in like a tongue in cheek kind of way. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think most mess fans right now are kind of agitated with him. Um, but you know, Stroh's yeah. been good. He's he's backed it up. So you know he's he's put his money where his mouth is. You know he he's allowed to do it to to do what he does. He's pitching well. So yeah. So before we close out, let's remember a legend taking a page out of the pleasant good evening uh, playbook. Um, yeah, yeah, who yeah. are you remembering today? Um, I'm keeping it with the 07 team. Um, I'm just you know El Duque. I I loved El Duque. I thought he was, um, you know, really fun to watch. Tried to emulate that high leg kick from time to time as a kid, and my dad yelled oh, yeah. at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad fundies, Michael. <laughs> I did. Oh, well, I mean, I was I was trying to do it in a game once, and my dad was like, he came out to the mound and was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like, Dad, I'm Orlando Hernandez. Yeah. What, do you, what do you what do you what do you want? Yeah, yeah, you know, little what was I 12 years old in 2007 so yeah 12 year old me just trying to be El Duque I used to do K-Rod that was like my pitching impression I would try to do him Mm -hmm. so I'm remembering from that 07 team Damian Easley yes oh that's such a good one Damian Easley is is the dude that I'm remembering today good serviceable utility infielder Damian Mm -hmm. Easley Damian Easley Joe Smith was on that team too. Joe Smith was on that team as a young, a young 21, 22 year old. Mm-hmm. Was JJ puts on no, he was on the 2008 team. I love this team. The 07 for team. As, yeah, for as heartbreaking as they were, I absolutely loved this team. There's a lot of good guys on that team. Yeah. Moise Salou was on that team. Yep. Julio Franco. Oh, yeah, he was. I can't believe the, the Mets signed Julio Franco when he was, like, 45. And he played for – 40. Yeah. He's 40. No, he's 48. 
played yeah. 40 games. I was looking at the wrong column. He was 48 in 2007. Mm-hmm. And they he was on the 06 team, right? Uh, I don't think so. Just 07? I think it was just 07. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Look. Or was he like 07, 08? Oh, no, he was on the 06 team. I thought so, yeah. I thought he was on the 06 team. He played kind of a – was he traded for that season? No. I think they signed him as a free agent because he was with Atlanta in 05. Mm-hmm. And then I think he went back to Atlanta after he was with the Mets. Like, he went back to them to finish off his career, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Julio Franco was the GOAT. Yep. I really Julio Franco, have a great day. Until he was 50. Just being just like a – a bat off the bench for just two more years, man. You would have been 50 years old. <laughs> I hope that I, I'm, I hope that I'm like that in shape when I'm 50. Yeah. That too was a, what a, what a legend. Yeah. Well, well guys, Michael lead us out, buddy. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's been another, uh, it's, it's been another episode of the Mets legends podcast. Another great one. Thanks for joining me uh, on this episode, Jeff Conine. Hope you uh, <laughs> will pick up with you next week uh, and talk about the state of the Mets next time we see you. State of the Mets is pretty bad, but hopefully, you know, we can start to feel good again sometime soon. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Mets Legends and uh, find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jeff Conine signing off. <laughs>